Hello, everybody. Pastor Deborah here. Welcome. We're in the garden. And this is going to be a wonderful topic. The forever person. We already had lesson number one. Do you remember what it was? That's right. I was asking you a question. Are you a who or a what? Some people don't know what they are or who they are. And it is a question that we all must answer. And we must learn how do we get here. And this is what this lesson of the Forever Person series is going to be about. This is lesson number two. And we're going to get deeper into are we a who or a what? This is the beginning. And I'm going to bring to you two thoughts, two concepts, two ideas about you and how you got here and what you are. Because you can understand yourself and others and the world around you and what's going on if you don't even have the basic ideas even contrast of ideas yeah of what is the forever person that's you that's sitting out here with me in the garden you are a forever person now we're going to explore and look at how you came about. Because you can't understand much about faith, religion, cultures, ancestors. Mm -mm. Maybe heaven or paradise. Can't understand those. Can't understand about hell. Maybe about Satan. Or demons or jinns. Yeah. Or curses. Or blessings. You can't understand any of that. And who is it for? Who is it against? What is it all? If you can't get the very beginning. The forever person. So we're going to pick up. Here in lesson number two. Of the forever person. But what does Pastor Deborah. Always. Always love to do and think is vital before we start pray that's right wonder you've been here before i recognize you oh i see a lot of returning people that's wonderful do you know how many people are here pastor no i don't but as far as i can see in all directions i see people I actually see the forever person, the real you. Oh, no, your physical body's not here. You may be sleeping. You may be in a coma. You may be on your deathbed. You may still be in the womb of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, even little babies in the womb have a forever person. And they can be taught 
spiritually. There is no distance, nothing that can impede the heart of this loving Father we're going to be talking about. The one who set in motion, created in himself, the forever person. Yeah. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today, this very minute, for you, for your words of spirit and life. We thank you for this topic that you have brought to us, the forever person, for us to explore and learn about, which is us and all of humanity and what we are, where we came from, how did we get here, and what we are supposed to be doing. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, our spiritual teacher, that will bring your words of spirit and life through Pastor Deborah to these precious, precious billions and billions and billions of people that you have brought here. By your Holy Spirit. For your word tells us it is you. Your heart. Through the Holy Spirit. That draws all men. All humanity. To you. You know everyone's situation. You know their physical condition. You know where they are. And your heart loves that forever person. And you draw it. By your love. To you here in the garden. And we thank you. For they all need teaching. For they are as babies. They need nourishment and milk and food. And they need to be loved on while they're here. And in your presence in the garden. Here on earth. You are able to do all of that. Through the power of your Holy Spirit. Through the power of your words of spirit and life. And through your wonderful gift from the cross. That father that said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. That through your mercy and forgiveness. Because of your great love. As a father and a mother. You have forgiven all of humanity. And they just need to know that. And accept your gift. So we thank you for this time. To be together with you in your garden. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. We'll do a little review of lesson one. It was a video called, Are Are You a Who or a What? Pastor Deborah was asking you, what are you? Do you know what you are? Do you even know that you are something? When you get back in your physical body, it seems like you forget And you do. The world of the flesh, the deep covering of the lust of the eyes, the soul, the sub, covers you up. Because until you have a Hebrews 4.12 experience, your spirit, the forever person, is one married to, intimate with, a bearer of, a messenger of, a companion of, your flesh your physical body, and your subconscious, the deep, satanic, darkened heart of your soul. It is the king. 
of you until the Hebrews 4.12. Once you have a Hebrews 4.12 and you come out of that cocoon and that flesh, that veil, that covering, it's been removed, you are just as your soul is. But God brought you here to give you this hour, the Hebrews 4.12, if you want it. You don't have to take it. You can come back another time and get it. But for those who do want it, it is here now and we'll do it. And for those that aren't quite ready, that's okay. You go back to your physical body. Think about it maybe. And when you're ready, you just tell the Father in your spirit, your forever person, you want the Hebrews 4.12. He will know what to do. You don't have to come back to the garden to get it done. He can do it while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. He can give you a dream and circumcise you right out of the soul, out of the flesh. But first, your heart, you have to be willing, your spirit. This God that we are here in his presence does not go against your will, your free will of the forever person if he did he would be violating you forcing something that is good on you and you don't want it you're not ready for it and that is as a rapist a violent offender against you your free will must choose freely to have a hebrews 412 and what is it let me read it for you So you'll get a better picture. I'm back. I had to go get my King James Version of the Bible. It is one where there are no commentaries in it. It's the authorized King James Bible. I don't like commentaries because they are from denominations. They are from people who uh, believe they interpret it. I love the Holy Spirit to interpret it to me. I love reading it just directly translated from the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And most of the time, in the King James, there's a lot of words like thee and thou. And eventually, you'll just change them in your mind, and you won't even see them. But sometimes, I just need the Holy Spirit, which is all the time, to interpret to me what is behind it. I don't even want the Hebrews who wrote it, the Jewish people, who were dead spiritual beings to God. Did you know dead spiritual beings, dead separated spiritual beings that are not, that are uncircumcised from their soul can be used by God. They may not understand what they're writing, but they can be used. I can tell you when I was writing a story years ago called It's time. It was about the death of Jan, and we'll hear about it in the uh, prayer and fasting videos, and the emergence and the birth of Pastor Deborah. Well, he woke me up several nights, and I sat down at my desk, and he started writing through me. I can't even remember writing what I was writing. It was flowing easily. The words were coming, the memories. It was as if he was helping me. 
And that's how it was in the early days. So I leave it to the Holy Spirit to interpret to me what the heart of the Father meant, his spiritual meaning, his knowledge, his wisdom, and to give me the spiritual understanding. So let's read Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews was a letter uh, that was written by Paul the Apostle. Hebrews, the word means wanderers. But Paul was writing a letter to some believers in a town. And he was had great spiritual revelations. How he got them was as a unbeliever, just what they called a, a Jew. He had gone to a school and he had was a learned man. He could read and write. And he knew the Old Testament because that's all they had. The first five books and then they had all the others and the prophets. He knew all that by memory. He taught it, he could read it. But then when he had his powerful, powerful experience on the road to Damascus, which you can see in a wonderful movie, there's several of them. Uh, They are on the website in the movie section about Paul. He ran smack dab into the resurrected, glorified Christ Jesus, who was showing him the real him as a bright brilliant light it would be as if the sun came down and hovered above you just a few feet and you would be totally blinded by the light then after that he he actually had blind scales probably burned physically from the light or something and for three days he couldn't see and God sent a man named Ananias to his house to pray for his eyes so he could see. Sometimes when you believe you see and know, you have to be struck down and blinded by a circumstance. could be a physical sickness, a trauma, something that shakes your world and puts you in bed for days. He was blinded because he did not see God was doing a work in him in order for to him to use Paul. Paul could read, he could write. He had dual citizenship as a Roman through his father. He was unmarried. He knew by memory the Old Testament. He knew of his zeal and passion for protecting the word. Because he actually went after these new Christians to arrest them and kill them. So God could take that passion and turn it around. And with his knowledge that he could read and write, and he was unmarried, he would be a wonderful soldier for this new gospel, for this Christ. So after three days, Paul was unblinded went into Damascus, went into the synagogue right away, gave his testimony of how he used to hate Christians and Jesus, fought against them, but he has been touched. He has seen the light, so to speak, and now he believes. Well, after that, he went into the desert of Arabia for three years by himself, 
And God took the Old Testament, opened it up to him. And in the New Testament, in all of his letters, we see these revelations that were always in the Old Testament, but had been blinded to the Jews because they were flesh creatures and they could not peer behind and see the spiritual that was there for the forever person. So Paul's writing this letter to the Hebrews and he says in verse 4, 12, for the word of God is quick. That means it's alive. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. It has strength and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Think about the sharpest sword or knife that you know of. The word of God, he is telling us, is better than that. Sharper. Quicker. This word of God, he said, even piercing even to the dividing asunder a part of soul and spirit. This is the spiritual circumcision. Because at this point in your life, your soul and spirit are completely one. They are merged into each other, connected by bones and sinews, so to speak, and muscles and blood vessels. And this word of God has to come and cut between them. And it says that it is so sharp, it's piercing, even to dividing asunder, apart, the soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow. Okay, that means the joints that hold them together, the marrows, the stuff, the nutrients in the bones that keep them strong. This word of God can cut through that. And how he relates that a lot is back in the Old Testament when they had the animal sacrifices and they would cut them open, separate the bones, the sinews, everything. They needed a sharp instrument. And how this was also demonstrated what this looked like was on the eighth day of the Jewish child's birth, a sharp knife came and clipped off the little tip the foreskin that was covering the little baby's penis the male's penis and it would clip that off so that the penis could come out what that also did was it prevented from having infections and diseases my son was that way he was born two months, no, a month premature. He was so small, and we had to wait for him to get bigger. And as he grew, infections started happening at his little head of the penis. And so we had the little flesh skin, it's a skin, they call it a foreskin, clipped off by a urologist. So it could free the head. Now this was a sign back in, believe it or not, most nations and people don't do this. Back during the days of Hitler, how you could determine if you were Jewish was they would look at the male's penis. 
because the Jews believed in this ritual. It was a sign of spiritual circumcision that was to come. And so circumcision was showed to us in the natural, in the flesh, so we would understand it in the spiritual. Okay? So he goes on and says that this word of God is so sharp, it's alive, it's piercing, it will cut through the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When it says heart there, it means the mind of the soul. It is so powerful, it can discern your thoughts and the intents of your thoughts, the purposes that are behind it. I want to take you to another scripture that gives us a little bit more definition that was written before the book of Hebrews that Paul had at his used to read. So Paul read this first, Jeremiah 23, 29. Jeremiah, you may not know, was an Old Testament prophet. His father was a priest in the city of Jerusalem. His father served the king. And Jeremiah was getting ready to also perform his service to the king by killing a lamb. But God stopped him and opened up the spiritual world. He actually came through Jeremiah and spoke. And Jeremiah said it felt like there was fire in me when that happened. And they labeled him a prophet because God was speaking through him. And God used Jeremiah to warn the Israelites there in Israel. Turn from your ways. Turn from worshiping other gods, which even the king was doing in secrecy. Turn from your wickedness and come back to God. Back to the God of your fathers. And he kept trying to tell them that. And if they didn't, bad things were going to happen. God was going to send in their enemy, which happened to be Nebuchadnezzar. God used Nebuchadnezzar against his own people because they would not come back to him. Mm -hmm. God will use things that are evil, not of him, to bring circumstances into your life to get your attention. And when you will not pay attention to his word of God and you continually, I will use this example If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, I don't care what denomination you're in. I don't care if you're a new believer. It says you are not to murder an innocent thing. You are not to kill your brother. If you, as that person, go and vote for, support, killing babies in the womb. Or you choose to provide the means in other nations. Abortion. I just listened to a wonderful lady I enjoy listening to on another news channel from around the world. She said abortion was not murder. 
And it was not killing. But that's exactly what it is. There is a child being formed and developed. And we're going to learn about that in this lesson. In the womb, which is supposed to be a safe place of formation and development for this soon coming baby, this child, this human. But the mother, for whatever reasons, which there are many, decides she does not want to, it to have life. Some people have convinced her, your health is in danger if you have it. What would your parents say? Your government has a law that you can only have one child. This is a mixed child. Maybe this is going to have deformities. We don't want to take care of it. It doesn't deserve to live. You had sex outside of your marriage or before marriage. And you don't want it to interfere with your life. But you enjoyed the sex. But if you are raped, does the child, is it the child's fault? Doesn't it deserve to live? Because you can give it up for adoption. And some people will take it and raise it. There are wonderful stories about that. Maybe you're a young teenager. A young child. And you don't know how to take care of it. And you have no support. There are plenty of programs that you can go to during your pregnancy. And you can have the baby adopted out. But no, they choose to kill it. Stop its development. Abort it. Now they're doing more than just aborting a biological thing. Maybe they consider it a tumor. Maybe they consider it a blob of tissue. Maybe they considered it not a human. But that it has no rights. It doesn't fall under any law or constitution until it's born outside of the womb. And even then, if it's born outside of the womb, there are some doctors, nurses, and people that will kill it while it's sitting there because it didn't die in the womb. So what was happening is Jeremiah was saying, you have gone off in that direction. You are serving other gods. You're serving the god Moloch who craves and covets innocent blood of babies. You're also serving many companies and businesses that need the stem cells, that need the stuff from this aborted baby. The fetus is one form of development. And it isn't recognized yet as a child. And they won't let you look at the ultrasound. They want the mothers to believe it's just a glob of something. It will endanger her health. It will endanger her life. And it has no right. And you don't want it, so it's disposable garbage. So Jeremiah was this prophet trying to get that stopped, get the people back to the Ten Commandments, back to God. And in the Hebrews 4, Paul read this about the Word of God, and I'll read it to you. Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-nine. 
is not my word. God is saying, like as a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Verse 31. Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, that use their tongues and say, that's not true, what he is saying. Verse 32, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies, and by their lightness. Yet I send them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. What he is saying there to Jeremiah that Paul read was people are telling God's people lies. This is not a baby. This is a fetus. It's a glob. It doesn't have a right to live. It's your health care we care about. Your body. They are like government politicians and leaders. They are your prophets. They are telling you what they believe the truth is about this growth in your womb and what your rights are. They believe they have words from God. They believe that the people of the nation want this. And back in the Old Testament, Paul was reading this. And I can look at it today There's a lot of prophets out there that say they speak for God. They say this and the events don't happen. We have politicians, presidents, prime ministers, movie stars, leaders of companies, all believing they are speaking for some God and that they know what humanity needs. Mm -hmm. They got prophets in mental health counseling, professors, People who had great thoughts. And we're going to learn about one of these false prophets as we work through the forever person. And these false prophecies about you. So if any of you right now would like a Hebrews 4.12 experience spiritually. Right here now it's available. Okay. I see lots of hands. Oh my gosh. Father, you brought your people, your inheritance, your treasures out of the darkness here to your garden so that you and your presence and your love and through your Holy Spirit, you can minister to them. You can give them all a Hebrews 4.12 experience and bring their spirit up Out of the cocoon of the flesh. Separate it. Divorce it. Disconnect it. At the joints and the marrow. Through your word of God. Bring them forth father. Out of the foreskin. The veil and the covering. Of the soul of the flesh. 
divorce them from that helpmate and bring them up so they may look around and they may see you and that your words now can feed them and nourish them. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right. We learned a little bit that there are false prophets. There are people speaking false words about what this baby, this human baby is in the womb. And how they are trying to tell you what to do with it through government. Did you know there's some governments that order that you should only have one child or two? Once you've had them, you must be sterilized. And then if you are of the wrong faith in a certain nation, they will sterilize you because they don't want any more of you. They did that a lot during the times of Hitler. If you were a disabled person, you had some physical or mental problem, they sterilized you. They didn't want any more of your kind. They also did that to a lot of different races. They didn't want any more of your kind the ruling class whatever race it was whatever color it was it did not matter because in certain countries and continents they don't want your kind they want you as a sub a subject and they don't want you to rise up and multiply which is what happened in Egypt When the Israelites were there for 400 years, they were multiplying. They were being fruitful. And the Pharaoh, who did not know them long time ago when they first came in, became afraid of the multitudes of the Hebrew people that he started to enslave them, murder them, kill them, sterilize them, kill their children. He was afraid they would turn and align with their enemies against them in their own land. This is nothing new in nations and countries. Mm -hmm. So let's now enter into lesson number two of the forever person. First, we're going to define that the forever person is a spiritual creature. A being. You can't see it with your natural eyes. It is inside of your dirt body. But it's also here. You'll hear a lot about that when people say, I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience. Or they died. And they went somewhere, usually to a place called heaven. And they came back to life in their natural body, and they tell us that they were in heaven, that there was a part of them that lived on. Humanity has believed that since our very beginning, that there was a heaven, that there was a being inside of us. They sometimes call it your soul, but most of the time they call it your spirit. And It's called the forever person. It lives past death. And so let's define by Webster's Dictionary what the word spirit means. It's number one, an animated 
or vital principle held to give life to a physical or natural biological organism. I learned years ago that the spirit is the warmth of the body and it is also the very life. The spirit and the biological body are connected through something called a silver cord. As long as that silver cord, which brings the life, the energy, the life to the physical body is not cut, damaged, or severed. The physical body lives. Once that happens and the cord is cut, the spirit leaves and the heartbeat stops. The body is no longer animated. It's no longer moving. It becomes cold. The heat, the warmth is the spirit. Everything stops. Decay starts coming in, the physical part, the forever person, the spirit part is gone. It's also called the cistern or a bowl, that is your physical body. If you blow up the physical body, stab the heart, and that, that bowl that contains the forever person, the spirit is broken. The spirit leaves. Number two, it's a supernatural something above and beyond the natural being, a who or an essence. Some people call it the soul, but that's not what it is. The soul is your subconscious mind, which is in your connected very deeply to your physical body. It was to be the helpmate to the spirit out in this natural world. The spirit has no contact to the natural world. It is in the spirit where it lives, has contacts. So it was going to need help in this natural world on the earth. So God, we learned very early in Genesis, brings forth a helpmate to the spirit called man and the soul was a wound w-o man a spirit being that had a physical body that carried a womb that would provide more babies of physical dirt to be created that had a spirit in it so when an abortion occurs at any time during the thing, or a death, maybe from other reasons. It is not only the death of the biological body, but it is the death and the, the spirit that's in there cannot come out to the earth and fulfill its purposes. It is denied that entry through the flesh. That's okay. So that gives you a deeper meaning when you kill a, a child in the womb and you abort it you are killing cutting off not only the biological body which is the container the bowl the house 
of the Spirit. The Spirit cannot come forth into planet Earth. So what he is saying is this soul was going to be a connection to the physical body. And the two of them, if you can look, let me two of them would help the spirit to navigate and be in charge down here. Number three, often this spirit is an evil being that has no natural, no physical body, but can become visible, a ghost. That is also, you have these both on the side of Satan. They're called demonic spirits, which have a lot of different functions, which we'll go through also. And it can be an angelic host of heaven, an angel. They have no physical sister, no bowl. They have, they were never created with a physical body. They have a soul, all right. They have a mind and a soul. And God just says, okay, that's your nature, but these, the forever person, that I'm going to put in this dirt body, this cistern, and connected by a silver cord, they're going to become my children, made in my image and after my likeness. Number four. A spirit can also be an evil being that enters and possesses another spirit and soul of a human being or an animal or even a natural biological creation, a tree, a cat, a dog, the wind, water. Yeah. Humanity believed there were gods or spirits in water. Mm-hmm. In the wind, in the waves, in the ocean, in the trees, in the flowers, in the animals. They believed all animals had spirits. Mm-hmm. Number five, the immaterial intelligent part of a person. The immaterial means you can't see it and you can't touch it with these things. It's not of this natural world. Number six, the activating or essential principle that influences a person. So it is saying the spirit, the forever person, influences, has influence over. You're sort of getting an idea about the forever person. You is a spirit being. Of the unseen realm. Now, does that answer? Is it a what? Or a who? Could you be a what? And a who? How do you become a what? What is a who? Where did these philosophies come from? Could a what be a who? Could a who be a what? I'm sure I'm confusing you because we're going to be getting into in the next lesson, lesson number three, how a lot of this that we believe in today disregards that the forever person is a who. It's just a what. And that it was 
had no designer, really no purpose except survival of the fittest, and that it got created not by an intelligent designer, a creator, but it just formed from a goo out of some ocean, became some animal that crawled up on the land, that slowly through time and mutation and chance and survival of the fittest, and through many thousands and millions of generations of animal life, that the one certain form, they call it monkeys, chimpanzees, apes, stood up, which they can do, and from them, through time and chance, came a human. And that a human, with all of our wonderful, intricate, biological makeup, with our soul and the forever person, came from an animal. And that is called the theory of evolution, which came forth from a man named Charles Darwin, who was trying to disprove any connection to a higher power, a God, for humanity. And we're going to pick up with that theory in lesson number three. It is here on planet Earth. It is taught in our schools. It is taught in science. It helps promote the philosophy that a fetus inside a womb is not a human. And it... And even a disabled human with mental health problems, biological problems, mental problems. They're just a thing that can be disposed of. Did you know how powerful propaganda can be for the youth and for a nation? Hitler found out how powerful television radio, post were. He had a hatred because there was a spiritual being behind it that hated the Jews. The Jews were powerful business people, diamond merchants. They they were fruitful. They multiplied. But that wasn't the real cause for their hatred. They were the race, the nation, that brought forth the Christ. That brought forth this Savior. That defeated Satan. Who was down here on the earth from a cross. Behind Hitler was that satanic spiritual being. That hated the Jews for that. Even though many of the Jews didn't believe in him yet. But there was a prophecy that this Christ would come again, a second coming. So Hitler, the spirits behind him, believed that through the Jews this second Christ would come. And everything that this satanic spiritual kingdom that was on the earth would be gone, destroyed. So 
through this spiritual entity influencing Hitler, they proceeded to provide the nation of Germany with propaganda, lies about the Jews, that they were nothing more than rats and vermin to be exterminated. Took a while. His propaganda minister, I think it was Goebbels, just worked on the people of Germany, worked on them through radio, through uh, posters, through speeches, turning the hearts and the minds of the Germans against the Jews. And the whole goal was to wipe the Jews off, get them out of Europe. And is that going on now? Yes, it's going on in all nations. One group of people in charge that are influenced by the evil spiritual beings that are adversaries of God that created the forever person originally are fighting through humans to destroy this Jewish race, faith, nation. It hates them. It's going on everywhere. If you have a belief or a faith other than what your nation's leaders and government want you to believe in, could be no God. could be you're to worship a constitution or you're to believe as one political party believes or you're to have the same thoughts as them or you're to be a globalist and Believe what these global elite are trying to do. They're trying to build a one world government, a kingdom on earth, which was God's goal, but it would be ruled by the adversary of God. And every law and rule in it would be totally against the God of life and love, murder, Innocent babies in the womb. God never does that. God is a giver of life. There are many incidents where women were barren. And when you were barren in ancient times, that was a curse. Because your status in society was you were to be a mother and bring forth life. And if you didn't do that, then there was something wrong with you. Many a woman went to God in the temples, prayed for a child. One named Hannah prayed and said, If you will grant me this, then I will give my child back to you when they're finished weaning, which is about five years old. And she did. And that became Samuel, the prophet. Other women have done that. And then their status in the society they come from. And then usually once the womb got kicked in, other children came. So I want to end right here. And the next lesson, we will get into the theory of evolution. Because you need to understand that to understand the forever person. Because the world, our books, our educational system, science, nature is telling us something different.
There's a contrast of concepts, ideas, beliefs going on. And if you don't know that, and you just live in the world one way, and you believe this, then you will make decisions that affect forever people trying to come into the earth. You will not have a respect and understanding for a human. So I want to end here, and we'll pick up in lesson number three with the theory of evolution. It is a theory. It's not a proven. They can't find the evidence. They have a lot. They can't find the link. So they teach it as a theory, a hypothesis. But they teach it as if it was real. The same that Hitler did. He taught a theory that Jews were vermins and rats and needed to be exterminated. The same thing is happening with women who want abortion. They are teaching what that child is. It has no rights. It is in your way. It is just a fetus. It means nothing. Children of different races and colors, they are just to be used and sold into slave labor. Theories out there of what's wrong with the world. Why do humans do what they do? Is it just sickness? Is it the lack of a home? Is it lack of good groceries? Is it a lack of proper education? What is the problem? Lots of theories that are going on. And so theories are important to understand. And we're going to do this one. And we're going to talk about it in detail and depth. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work that you have done here today. And the Hebrews 4.12 experience and spiritual circumcision you have done on these people. We thank you for bringing them, teaching them, hearing the word. Now take them into the garden, back to their bodies, and let your word sink in. Let the newness of the spiritual circumstance slowly sink in. And let their spirit start needing food and nourishment. Put in them the desire and the will to learn more and to come back. We thank you for all you're doing. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, everybody. I'll see you next time on lesson number three of the forever person. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually the Lord's way for many, many years. Come again Watch another one, and we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry, at pastordeborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections 
that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.